Awesome. Well, good morning, church. Oh, you guys can settle down. Hey, um, again, if this is your first time today, if you're new to Elam, welcome. Know my heart and my welcome home this morning. Uh, but for the rest of us, as Pastor Steve mentioned, we're continuing in our series titled The Ten, uh, God's Ten Commandments, Timeless Truths for All of Us. And in fact, you can go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back and then give somebody a high five. Because this morning we've landed ourselves at the halfway mark of this legendary series, first in Elam to go 10 weeks, so you guys made it to halfway. Um, Before we get into God's Word this morning, why don't we pray and commit this to God. Father, we thank you this morning for your Word. Lord, we honor you. And Father, we say that, um, Lord, we thank you that your Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God, we incline our hearts, our minds, and our attention towards you, Lord God. Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd lead us, guide us, shape us, mold us, and transform us into the people that you've called us to be this morning. In Jesus, my name, and everyone said, Amen. 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 Well, let me remind us, church, of the context which we find ourselves heading into Exodus chapter 20, where God delivers to us, his people, the Ten Commandments. So for 430 years, God's people have lived under the rule and under the rulers of Egypt in slavery. And in fact, what you've got to understand is that God chooses Moses and instructs him to lead these people out of slavery. And God tells Moses to lead them into a promised land, a land that they've never been before. In fact, what you've got to understand about Moses this morning is what you've got to understand about God's people this morning is that, is that they've never lived in community before. They've never lived within society. In fact, they don't even have an identity as a people group. And get this, in fact, they didn't know how to live as a free people. And so God, in his knowledge and in his grace and in his wisdom, knowing this, he invites Moses to ascend Mount Sinai and meet with him. And it's in this encounter that God delivers to Moses the stone tablets upon which we find the 10. And so, as I said, we're continuing on our journey from 10 to 1. Today, we're at number 5. And in fact, this is Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Church, we're going to read this together. I'm not going to botch this one up this time. All right, everybody, we're going to read this together. Ready? Honor your father and your mother that you may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Amen. Give yourself a round of applause this morning. Anyone familiar with this commandment this morning? Perhaps you're like me and you associate this commandment to Sunday school, where you were taught at Sunday school that in order to obey this command, you would obey your parents, do the dishes, fold the washing, and you'd have to lead, be led by them and obey, obey every command that proceeded out of their mouth. In fact, let me just point out that in this room this morning, there are probably parents, and you don't have to raise your hand, you can just agree and acknowledge in your heart, there are probably parents in this room who have used this commandment as a threat. Right, you said to your children, go do the dishes, go brush your teeth, go fold the washing. They said to you, they built up that rebellion in their heart to go, no. Then you looked at them and you said, commandment number five, honor your father and mother. In fact, you probably attached the promise. If you want to live long under this roof, you better go and get that done right now. Right, we're all familiar with that. But in fact, in that lies the problem of what we often misunderstand this commandment to be. In fact, most of us would probably uh, associate this commandment as one that God gives to children. But let me remind you of the context again this morning of what God's doing. God delivers these commandments, these instructions to Moses to give to a, a nation who don't know how to live as a free people. God gives this to a nation, both young and old, both adults and children alike. Friend, this morning, this commandment is for you and I. And perhaps this morning as well, you thought that you'd outgrow in it. You thought that as your parents grew older, that this command no longer is relevant for you. But can I encourage every single one of us this morning? God is speaking to you and I about honoring our father and mother. In fact, here's the truth this morning. You will grow up 
but his commandments you never outgrow. Let me say that again. Here's the truth. You will grow up, but his commandments, friend, we never outgrow. In fact, I want to acknowledge on the onset of this message this morning that for uh, that within this room is a diversity of people. In fact, in this room is a diversity of experiences. And as I said this morning, honor your father and your mother. There were probably feelings or a diversity of experiences and memories that were brought up for you. For some of us, memories of your parents' parents were experiences of safety, fondness, care, and memories of parents who showed up to every game and every practice, memories of parents who actively supported your dreams and aspirations. And in fact, for you, it almost seems redundant for me to say to you, honor your father and your mother. For some, however, the opposite is true. For those of us in the room, memories of your parents were ones of abandonment, rejection, hurt, pain, distance, memories of neglect, memories of pain, memories of longing for acceptance and acknowledgement. For you this morning to honor your parents poses a great challenge. But can I encourage every single one of us? This commandment poses a challenge for all of us. And I'm going to share a bit about my story if you don't know my story. Uh, firstly, what you've got to know is I was brought up and raised in Huntley and Whangarei. And already you guys are judging me and you think, man, this guy's upbringing was rough. He was brought up in Whangarei and Huntley. That's the roughest town. Those are the roughest hoods in, in New Zealand. And in fact, let me tell you about my childhood. I was uh, abandoned at a young age by my mother and felt rejection and hurt from that by my biological mother, whom when I was seven years old, I finally got to meet her and we were in a room together. She walked right past me, straight out the door, didn't even acknowledge my presence or my being there. I have an, alcohol, I have an abusive father who every time he gets angry, he outlashes, he outbursts his anger and reflects that upon us as a family. And in fact, one time I remember being so severely hurt and up against the wall, blacking out thinking that it was the end of my life. I have a alcoholic stepmother who, without fail, every time we visit her, she reflects, and in fact, she gives us emotional review. She lays that all on us as a family. Friend, for those of you in the room, hear me this morning. For those of you in the room with similar experiences, let me tell you, I can empathize with you this morning. But get this, I want to testify to you about the goodness, the grace, the compassion, the mercy, and the goodness of our God. In fact, you need to know this morning, church, that God is a good God. We serve a good God. In fact, you need to know this morning on the onset of this message that command number five comes only out and as a response of God's goodness for us this morning. God is a good God who acts only out of his goodness. And in fact, I want to, um, what you realize as you go through this commandment, is what you discover about the heart of God is that family matters to God. Friend, family matters to God. And in fact, this commandment strategically placed by God within the 10 commandments finds itself in the place of the middle. What it finds itself doing is becoming a bridge between our relationship with God to our relationship with others. Why does God do that? Good question, glad you asked that this morning. Why does God do that? Why does he make this command the bridge between our worship to God and our relationship with others, because God in his wisdom knew that if we could honor within the home, we could learn honor within society. If we could learn to respect and come under the instruction of authority within the home, within society, we would do also with that. In fact, if we could learn through God, the, if we could learn in these relationships that God has given us to act with dignity and with honor, then as God places those who we're meant to call to love, love your neighbor as yourself, then we would do also with dignity and with honor. Perhaps this morning, I love this verse, Proverbs 22 verse 6, it says this, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Friend, family matters to God. And don't you find it incredible, church, this morning that God thousands of years ago 
was ahead of the professionals and counsellors of today. In fact, it's these professionals and counsellors who would agree that family matters. Family matters. Family dynamics matters. Involvement with children's upbringing matters. The way that you parent matters. Because ultimately what this does, it directs and impacts the development, growth, maturity, decision-making, and futures of a child. Perhaps it's this knowledge, knowing that if a child were to grab hold of the truth at a young age and be developed and therefore not depart from it, why there's such an attack against family. Perhaps it's this knowledge that if the children were to grab hold of truth, be developed and grow and mature into that place of truth and hold on to it, therefore not depart from it, perhaps this morning that's why there's such an agenda to push ungodliness onto children within schools and within homes. Perhaps it's this knowledge why media tries to portray this dysfunctional family unit. In fact, let me tell you that in this agenda, perhaps this is why media tries to glorify unhealthy family dynamics, dysfunctions, and tries to make us normalize it. Why? Because again, you've got to know this morning that there is a war against family. And if you were to press that further, it's in opposition to God. In fact, what it's in opposition to is God's ideals, God's design and his purpose for family to draw us further from the truth. Here's the truth of what God is saying to his people through commandment number five. If you're to exist in community, if you're to truly love your neighbor, if you're to live as a free people, in order for you to flourish within society, it starts in the home. It starts with the family. Family matters to God. Honor your father and your mother. So what does the Bible mean when it says to honor this morning? In fact, for us to define what it looks like to honor, let's look at what honor's not. Church, you've got to understand this morning, honor's not blind obedience. You don't have to do the dishes. You don't have to brush your teeth. It's not blind obedience to follow in that instruction. Honor's not this. Honor's not trust. For some of us, our families were, our parents were untrustworthy. Honor's not this. Honor's not a command to participate or come into agreement with illegal, immoral, ungodly behaviors, actions, or beliefs. See, this word, what this word honor means in the Hebrew is the word kavad. Kavad means this. Kavad means to give weight to, to revere, to highly prize, or to give, uh, to be rich in. Let me give you an example of what kavad might look like in your everyday life. I bet every single one of us have that guy, that guy that we go to for advice that you know that every time you go to get advice on decisions that you're about to make, they give a piece of advice with wisdom and clarity that helps you to make your decision. In fact, what you would say to me about that person is, Kaylin, I go to that person because their words hold weight. There's a weightiness to what they say. Friend, this is what Kavaj's trying to tell us, is to give weight to. In fact, I love what Tim Keller says about honor. This is what he says. Honor is a decision. Honor is a decision, not a feeling. In fact, it's the action to intentionally treat your parents with dignity and courtesy, and to get this, provide long-term loyalty to their best interest. And when the Bible says honor this morning, what it's saying is to do so in both word and action. Let me say this to somebody this morning. Your ability to give honor to your parents isn't based on the conditions of the environment in which you were raised. Let me say this this way. Your ability to give honor to your parents isn't determined by the feeling or, or your thinking that they're worthy to receive it. No, friend, that command this morning, honor your father and your mother, is a command given by God for us to follow in its ways. But here's the truth this morning. Parents in the room, if you are to receive honor, can I ask us, let's act in accordance to receiving honor. Let's act and purpose ourselves from this place of honor. 
See, I love how Paul writes it in commandment number five, and he, he reiterates it in the New Testament. In Ephesians 6, verse 1 to 3, he says this, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. And again, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. In fact, church, what you're gonna understand is that uh, Paul continues this writing and he says this, in response to that honor, Ephesians 6, 4, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Church, this is what Paul's saying to us this morning. If you're to receive honor, live in response to that honor. I believe that there's, I'm gonna give us three quick things before we get into our main points on how I believe that we as parents should act in response to receiving honor. In fact, I wanna say to you this morning that these principles that I'm about to give are principles that you and I can learn to be a people of honor. So let's look at that quickly. What does it look like to be honorable parents and people of honor? This is what it looks like. Jesus focused, Jesus instructed, and Jesus reflected. Let me say that again. Jesus focused, Jesus instructed, and Jesus reflected. What do I mean? Jesus focused is this idea that the center of your family is focused and the attention of your family is focused on Jesus. Worship, prayer, adoration, praise, and all those things, all those principles that are founded on God should be the foundation of the life of your family. What does it look like to be Jesus instructed? It's this idea that you would hold and value the weight of Jesus' words as the foundation of the life of your family. Jesus reflected as this idea that to, to live in response to what Jesus has on us being Jesus focused and Jesus instructed. Now we're to live in response and act and, and speak as Jesus spoke in the center of our family to instruct them to live a life and family. See, I don't doubt this morning that every single parent in the room is parenting the best that they can with the best that they know how. In fact, I'll say this as a father, as a dad myself, you know, my, my reality is I'm not always gonna live up to the expectations of my child. I'm not always gonna live up to being the best person for her. I'm not always gonna get it right. I'm not always gonna get it perfect. And here's the truth this morning, church, neither are you. And that's okay. You know why that's okay this morning? Because knowing that we're not perfect leads us into Jesus. It helps us to discover Jesus and then therefore lead our children into Jesus. Knowing that we're not always gonna get it right points us back to Jesus and now we bring our children to Jesus who never, who always gets it right. When we're distant physically from our children, we know that Jesus is the one who's always there. He never leaves them and he never forsakes them. Friend, you gotta remind yourself this morning that Jesus never leaves nor forsakes. He never lets down. In fact, he never mistreats, he never misleads, he never misguides. He will always be the one who embraces your children uh, with unconditionally embracing them with open arms. Bring your kids to Jesus. Friend, our parents, our response to honor and our purpose as parents should be to lead our children to loving relationship with Jesus. Jesus will never let them down. Let them down. Jesus focused, Jesus instructed, Jesus reflected. And so the question still remains this morning, how do we as children honor our parents? Let me say this, regardless of your age, stage, or walk of life, I wanna give us four practical ways that we can begin to honor and begin to walk out honoring our father and our mother. How do we honor our parents this morning? Everyone say this, pray for them. Number one, pray for them. See, regardless of our availability or regardless of our physical ability, regardless of our distance, every single one of us this morning has the ability to pray. Every single one of us has the ability to seek God. And in fact, I felt the Lord say that for some of you, this might be the only step that you take. 
And friend, let me tell you this morning, great start. Great start. In fact, let me encourage you as you begin to pray for your parents, start to add kavad, start to add weight, start to add richness to the prayers that you pray in uplifting, elevating, and therefore praying for your parents. In fact, I felt the Lord say also that for some of you this morning, that's the hardest step that you can take. And friend, I want to invite you to prayer. In fact, after the service in the foyer this morning is our incredible Connect team. It would be their greatest joy, privilege, and honor to stand with you in prayer and believe that God will bring healing and restoration in those relationships this morning. Pray for them. Number two, point them to Jesus. See, whether your parents are saved or not saved, we can point. In fact, we all have the responsibility to point all people to Jesus. For our unsaved parents, what that might look like is being the hands and feet of Jesus to them, reflecting the image of Jesus to them. In fact, maybe for you, that might be making church a priority, saying actually that's our non-negotiable to be in church on a Sunday. Perhaps that might look like for our unsaved parents, maybe that looks like sharing the gospel with them, knowing the truth and therefore going and telling them the truth of the gospel. If your parents are already in the, in the Lord, how do you do that? Friend, this is how you point them to Jesus. Engage in what God has been speaking to them about in their life. Include them within the things that you're doing. Ask them to pray for the things and the needs in your life. What does it look like to point them back to Jesus? It looks like pointing them back to their kingdom purpose. Can I just say something this morning? There's no age, there's no limit, and there's no, no end date to the purposes, the promises, and the will of God for every single person's life. Point them to Jesus. Number three, everyone say participate. participate in their stories. In their stories. Participate in their stories. I want to encourage somebody this morning to sit under the weight of experience. Sit under the wisdom of experience. In fact, I heard the Lord say participate in their stories by learning their history. And in fact, for some of you, this might be the point of reconciliation. This might be the point of breakthrough. Because what you learn as you participate in their stories about their history is actually what you learn is that they parent the way they do because that's all they knew and were taught how to do it. Participate in their stories. What does this look like for those with safe parents this morning? It looks like giving them a role in yours, giving them a part to play in yours, giving them a responsibility within your life. Participate in their stories, church, by celebrating and affirming their achievements. And if you can, let them know at every turn about the positive things which they've deposited and instilled into your life participate in their stories. Here's number four if the band would join me. How do we honor our parents this morning? We prioritize them. Prioritize them. Make them a priority. See, the further that you press into this idea of honor, the closer that you get to this idea of a cycle of care. How many of, know, how many of us know that as we're children, we're dependent upon our parent. We get older and grow up into adulthood, then we become independent, but hopefully dependent on God. And then when we step into older age, how many people know that we become dependable again? When you press into honor, it's this idea to give richly in and participate in their stories and to make them a priority in the way that you care for them. You know, one of the saddest things that I find at every funeral that I go to, one of the saddest moments that I go to in a funeral is when people stand up and they start to share from this place of hurt saying, man, I wish I'd made that person more of a priority that I'd spend time with them. Can I say this this morning, church? Here's the truth. We all give the priority of time to those things which we value. We all give the priority of time to the people whom we value. Let me ask you this morning, do you value your relationships, friendships, and in fact, your parents enough to make them a priority and therefore spend the commodity of your time on them? 
How do we honor our parents? Prioritize them. Pray for them. Point them to Jesus. Participate in their story and prioritize them. Exodus 20 verse 12, again. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Church, with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, we never like to end our services without giving people an opportunity to come in relationship with their loving Father, with this God, to say yes to Jesus. Did you know this morning that there is a loving Father who created you on purpose? Friend, you weren't a mistake. You were created on purpose and you were created for a purpose. In fact, friends, you, you, you gotta know this morning that you have a loving Father who created you for life and life in abundance. Friends, you were created for relationship with God. But the reason we don't experience these things this morning is because of this word called sin. Sin is this, sin is to miss the mark. Sin is to choose our ways and be deliberate in our ways above God's ways. In fact, the Bible says this, that the wages of that sin is death. Friend, you and I in sin are, are in death. We're dead in our sin, sins. But let me tell you, there was a loving, gracious father who didn't want to leave you in that place. And therefore he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus who walked holy and blamelessly, yet walked to a cross and was crucified on a cross and to his last breath thought of you and I. Friend, he took upon himself the death that you and I deserve. And in fact, the Bible says that if we acknowledge in our heart, if we confess with our mouth, if we make him the Lord of our life, if we turn from sin, we'll be in right relationship with God. And so I wanna give you that opportunity this morning. Maybe you know God, maybe you once knew God, maybe you don't know God, or you know that you're far from him. Friend, if that's you this morning, if you wanna say yes to Jesus and begin a relationship with him, all you need to do is in a moment, I'm gonna count down from three, and all you have to do is pop your hands up. This isn't to embarrass you or to point you out, but friend, it's just so that I know this morning who I'm praying for. And so here we go. If that's you this morning, three, God loves you. He has a purpose and he created you for a purpose and he has a plan for you. Two, God's standing at the door of your heart asking, would you let me in so that I could embrace you? Three, if that's you, church friend, would you mind just lifting your hand so that I know who it is I'm praying for this morning? Awesome, God bless you. You can, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, church, why don't we celebrate the hands that went up this morning? Great.